BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Great Bagel Debate continues on the Ben Jarofsky Show. It's true. Earlier in the program, our host Ben Jarofsky said that his favorite bagel... It's the most boring one. Which one did you say is your favorite <laughs> Just one? regular old plain regular bagel, old man. Pl- in the year 2020. <laughs> in the year 25, 25. He's going plain <laughs> bagels. A lot of you on the live stream have weighed in. We're going to get to the bottom of this. What's the greatest bagel flavor out there? Uh, the live stream chat has weighed in, and my, oh, my, do they disagree with you. <laughs> Dragon Slayer 19 says, Ben is wrong. <laughs> All right, let's read some of these responses before we get into hour number two here. All right, Ricky. Ricky weighed in. He said, whole wheat, baby. Then the everything bagel. <laughs> the everything bagel, man. Let's see Dr. here. Dr. Doobie loves the everything bagel, too, man. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, we got Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer's on fire today. He says, point of order. How do we adopt democratic centralism for the official Ben Jarofsky bagel position? <laughs> Yeah, he said a centrist right in the middle. <laughs> All right, let's see what other uh, flavors we got here. Oh, Steven. Now, Steven, whoa, you're a fancy feller. He likes Asiago bagels. Not a big fan I don't even of know Asiago. where you get an Asiago bagel. You no, know, you can get them at the place where I always get uh, your bagels. Uh, oh, yeah, okay, Asiago. Yeah. All right, so Steven's an Asiago fan. Yes, we're talking about bagels today on the Ben Jarofsky Show. I'm looking here. Bagels and Smollett Gate. What a show we have here, huh? <laughs> we're going to ask no Mark show, Sims about Smollett Gate. No show quite like this one. All Tribune's right. outraged. Outraged, I tell you, about Smollett Gate. Oh, KMA, Barry called you Bagel Benny. Uh, Brianna <laughs> says Cinnamon Raisin. I love Cinnamon. I love... Can I just say, I love cinnamon raisin. I'm, I'm, who, who said cinnamon raisin? Cinnamon raisin is Brianna. You know, Brianna, I'm with you. And generally, uh, I called that as one as I'm walking to say, hey, D, you want a bagel? Yeah. And then I just, whatever you get, I'm yeah, My get. broke ass is like, do I? <laughs> so what last week Free he said meal. C- cinnamon raisin. I bought them and I love the cinnamon raisin. And it looks like we have a leader here. Uh, Maya Dukmasova said that this is her favorite bagel. Our good friend Pat Whalen weighed in the live stream, said it as well. And KMA Berry, the sesame seed bagel is in the lead for the great bagel debate on the bin. Aren't you glad you tuned into this show today, guys? The great bagel debate. All right. Hour number two of your program featuring bagels uh, is brought to you in part by the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, sponsored this program, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. Can't thank you unions enough. What's your favorite bagel, all those unions? And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Bagels. I was just kidding. Chicago Federation of Labor. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now, hour number two. It is Tuesday, January 28th, and live from the Chicago Sun-Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. In this hour of the program, our good friend Mark Sims returns, and we also welcome back congressional candidate Keena Collins. And now your host, not a congressional candidate. Mark Sims. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Mark Sims always brings gifts. 
It, usually today. <laughs> today's bringing alcohol. You know, I've, I, you got a little bar going over here, and I'm restocking your freaking bar. I'm, I gotta, I gotta turn the live stream on. But live streamers, check this out. Mark Sims brought White Claw. <laughs> I mean, no, he always uh, brings what, what happened to your other camera that was right here? That's yeah, what happened to uh, that other camera? We don't want to talk about it. We don't want to talk know. about it. Yeah, it's a long it story. Fun, but I, I bought some non-alcoholics for you, you know. This uh. is, you got to give it away, for, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks thirsty. Well, he, the last In time so many ways. You brought the uh, I mean, this, uh, Lifesavers, which, the, by the way, the other guests love they love the, the Lifesavers. Life. <laughs> they were going crazy, although Ricky Henning goes, why the white Lifesavers? Why black Lifesavers? Uh, do they even sell? Black lifesavers, no. <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Hendon. Uh, so uh, Mark Sims always brings a goodie. Some kind of, good, some kind of. But I'm going to bring weed next time. Oh, now don't go teasing. <laughs> <laughs> but it's legal. Now, I don't, I don't drink. Oh, I rarely drink. Maybe just Christmas time or something. But this is you. This is. You don't drink, do you? Dennis? Yeah, I'm about, I'm about to <laughs> chug that. You don't drink, that white claw. Dennis. I'm about to chug that white claw, dude. It's my favorite flavor, it's just mango. Three dollars. I got some non-alcoholic, but you know, let me tell you something. It's like a freaking easy bake oven in this place. No, it's hot. Why is this place so, even outside? <laughs> it is so freaking hot. I know it is. What hot. to your carbon footprint? Uh, Jesus. So Damn. No, but who was last week? Somebody was like, oh, everybody stripping off their clothes. I know. Man, I'm about to go down Get on my DVDs shirt. and wear underwear. Please don't. Because I feel like I'm at home. I'm Take my pants off. Can I, I take my pants off? No, don't take your pants oh, okay. off. <laughs> uh, I haven't heard a BVD reference in I, years. BVDs, yeah. I thought the the best line of the Maya Teddy interview Wings. was when she was going, if somebody does something for Ben 10 years ago, he's still talking about it. Mark Sims uh, interviewed me 10 years ago or whatever. It's so it was. scary. That video is still there. It's and it's scary there. as hell. My hair was black. A little bit more. Uh, my hair was white then, too. But uh, anyway, there was something you posted uh, on your Facebook page that I, I took note of. And I've always said this about this young man here in the studio, Mark Sims, the pride and joy of uh, Rosalind Fenger High, one of outstanding graduates. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> a young scholar he was back at Fenger. Uh, you... you you would have been. You were made for radio. You were made for TV. You got the gift for gab. No, I should have done television. Uh, television, and you put on Facebook something that was interesting. Uh, it was uh, it was a tribute of sorts to Walter Jacobson and uh, Bill yeah, Curtis. Yeah. How, as a kid growing up on the South Side of Chicago, you wanted to be on Channel Two. I wanted to be like Bill Walt, Bill and Walter. Channel Two in the Channel Two newsroom. That you know, you know, when you're a kid, you know, you enamored, enamored with stuff. But I, like I said in the, in, the, in the little blog there, I said I didn't do my homework. I didn't like reading. Well, I didn't like reading, and whatever. What else I didn't do? Okay, whatever. I didn't prepare myself to be a freaking news anchor. So here we is. <laughs> but I did get I did get on television in Chicago for 25 years. Yes, you did. Right. This show. Uh, and and I, I, had, I had a lot of fun. So, you know. Well, the, we the thing I always tell people when they, I, I'm asking them to come on the show and the first, uh, well, you got to be, you, I, I, it's really Joe Biden is about as far right as I'm going to go. I, uh, it, with the exception of Nick Spazzato, my old friend, I bring him on every now and then. But uh, you got to be able to talk. Just the ability to well, at least express babble. Once. Like I, I, I saw. I mean, I was in the hallway listening to Maya. Maya's always good. I can't do what Maya does, but you just be able to run your damn mouth and you babble. You're a good guest. That's what it is with the podcast. I need, I need somebody who are freaking talkers. Half the people on my little podcast are 
guest on this show, right? Yes, Let's face I just told B I'm stealing your guest, man. I got to be paper That's, on it. I mean, Dennis has been on. You've been on. You know, it's been fun, right? Uh, yeah. And uh, didn't you get, uh, yep, you got my man, um, uh, Henry, Henry Davis, Davis Jr. Yeah, Henry Davis. He Don't coming back. call him Gates. I didn't, did I? Oh, no, you okay, did. Okay, did. Jesus. I thought Where, you were going there. No, you did no, the no, I know. I know. Davis Jr. I know, but I don't know if I ever have a sister on. Mark, she make, where can people find this lovely show you're talking about? Just type my name in, M-A-R-C-S-I-M-S. Okay, that's Chicago. Why do you even have to ask that question? M-A-R-C-S-I-M-S. Yeah. Chicago, you know, and you see a picture of me with uh, with the uh, with the White Sox World Series trophy, and then you'll go from there. No, I love, uh, if you if you check Thanks, it out. Thanks, Dennis. Uh, yeah, I know he knows what he's doing, man. He, he went to radio man. school, okay? Damn scoop. Uh, and cool. uh, when you, it's like he has this montage. So when he interviews, like when the interview with uh, Henry uh, Davis, the South Bend councilman who is very critical of Mayor Pete, Dennis's favorite candidate, uh, when you, I uh, just want to see if he's paying attention. When you see, the, there's a montage, there's a different uh, yeah, images. Yeah, it's on YouTube right now. Yeah. But eventually, because you guys on what, Stitcher and all kind of apps, right? Af- Apple Podcast, what you on? Everything, right? Suntimes.com, ChicagoReader.com, and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. I mean, so good. he's so good, good, man. Yeah, he's good. He went to broadcasting school. See, <laughs> I didn't go to broadcasting school. No. Minus TuneIn. We're not on the TuneIn app. Okay, uh-huh. all right. But I'm saying, but eventually I'm going to have to do that, get on SoundCloud or Lipson or some, uh, just an audio-only thing. But right now it's only, but I like showing those pictures because when you on, I find pictures of you and Mayor Daly from your, <laughs> on your Facebook page. You ever see that picture, Dennis, of him and no. Mayor Daly? Oh, yeah. It's got to be like 20 years ago, right? Yeah, it was. No, no, it wasn't 20 years ago. It was, uh, I can remember where it was and when it was. It was 2010, and Mayor Daly had just announced he was not going to run for re-election. Mm-hmm. And shortly after he made that announcement, uh, he held, Mark Simpson's taking off his Man, it's hot about take my damn pants off. <laughs> don't take Man, your pants off. You don't get a whiff of this. Uh, anyway, so uh, Mayor Daly had his annual budget meeting at South Shore uh, Community Center. And uh, that was always my favorite place to go. Man, that was a trip going to see Mayor Daly's budget hearings at the South Shore Community Center. Anyway, and he was walking through uh, the hallway, uh, and uh, we were introduced, and we put our arms around each other like we were old friends, and someone snapped a photo. But in that picture, you were taller than uh, Mayor Daly. Are you taller than Mary Daly? I'm I'm six foot four. Oh God! Oh, what am I saying? Wow. Jesus! Wow! <laughs> no, I, I think I am a little taller than Mayor Daly, but he's not a tall man. So you I know. only seen him once, and that was from a you know. Half Did you ever go to those? Hell no! Hell no! <laughs> they were. Great I was meetings. really. You know, it's funny. I was against Mayor Daly, but I was for Rom. Not that I like Rom, but I was. I voted for Rom, but not Mayor Daly. Isn't that, isn't that weird? That is weird. Yeah. I don't. I do not understand. Well, I know. It was subconsciously Barack Obama. No, you were no, following no. his dictate. I, I told you before, I, I was a limo driver. I want him to make some rain so he can bring, bring business people to Chicago so I can make a living. And that's sort of what he did. And to run poor black people out of Chicago, <laughs> that's which what is sort of what he did. I would take, he did more of the latter than the former. Of course, yeah. Uh, and uh, so you were, you were, uh, you got some stuff on your mind uh, that you want to discuss. You were talking about. Uh, no, I mean, we were talking about Kobe. I don't want to say anything bad about Kobe because I don't know Kobe. And I'm going to wait till this investigation, this helicopter crash investigation is over. But I know when I was a limo driver, mm-hmm. and I drove a lot of famous people, and especially rappers back way back in the day before iTunes jumped off. And uh, I, know, I know Kobe was 41 years old, but just like when Aaliyah's, you know, the singer Aaliyah, when her plane crashed, what was it, Bahamas or Barbados mm-hmm. or whatever, everybody got on the plane. You like, this one, this is what I heard about Aaliyah. It was too many people on that damn plane and yeah. too much luggage we and the damn thing crashed. Last night. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what happened with Kobe, but I know 
I was a limo driver when the people say we all getting on board, we getting under this car, this limousine, this van, and you got to take us. You're not supposed to say no. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And you know, uh, Mark, there's various uh, phases of, of grief. You know this. And I forget what, how many phases there are and what they are, having said all this. Right. But at some point, I'm going to turn to anger. Because I really took this one hard. I, t- I said this at the outset of the show. I took this one really hard uh, because, I'm, first of all, I'm a huge basketball fan. And Kobe Bryant meant so much to basketball fans. But also it was his relationship with his daughter. And, uh, you know, I could really relate and connect to that. And their you love daughters, for basketball yeah. daughters. I have a coached daughter, them. Yeah. yeah. So all these things uh, I really hit me hard. And I've been grieving all uh, week, weekend. But I, in, in the process, at some point, your grief turns to anger. And I know it's going to happen. And so I'm already starting because I'm angry at the Washington Post. This is what I was talking about. There was a reporter for the Washington Post who retweeted an article that alluded to Kobe Bryant's, uh, the rape allegations. Which I forgot about. Yeah, which which you forgot about. Yeah, I forgot about it. And she got punished. Right. She got punished by the boss. Right. And I'm just like, my attitude, this is coming from a guy who's grieving. Right. Is come on, Washington Post. I mean, either you got... First most Amendment people, rights, or you for, don't have First Amendment rights. Most people forgot, right. and most people don't, don't even remember, or they don't even know. I mean, you know, they could have just swept it under the rug. Well, I know she did, she gets some hate, you told me, right? She yeah, got she, got hate. Yeah, hate, yeah. she got tremendous hate. She got tremendous hate, which is, of course, ridiculous. And, but she shouldn't have done it, that's for sure. Say, I'm saying she should not have done it because you think it's too soon. You know, I was, fun. I was just having a conversation with Ben. I yeah, forgot but, I was on the podcast. I'm like, come yeah, come I forgot it's a microphone. I'm like, hey, Ben, what's up, man? Kick it back. <laughs> no, he used to do that back in the old days before I got fired. He'd come on the show, and uh, this guy's a maestro of radio. He would turn off his mic. The only guest who ever knew about the turn off. I, I used to do switch. radio too. Yeah, and turn okay. it off, then sit back. Oh, hmm, yeah, and turn it on. Yeah, I used thing. to do radio a few times, though. So. No, but it's a tragedy. Wait, so I want to move, move on. I move on. So, are so you're saying. That there's a too soon element to it. No, it's just it's just a tragedy. I don't even want to. I don't even. I, I've had a new. I just turn off the news. I don't want to hear it. It's so damn sad. So I yeah. just turn off the news. And hopefully, when the investigation, because I was in trans, still in the transportation business, and I sort of know how how these things go. And uh, hopefully, we'll find out what happened. It is still a tragedy. All right. Okay. We'll leave tragedy. it at that one. Yeah. Uh, but I, I'm going to tell you. Uh, I will turn. It'll be anger, and then when the when the details come out about what went down, I'll be like, "Why'd you get on that helicopter, man?" That's you know what I mean. It's just I'm a human being. I'm gonna evolve through different reactions. But let me can I say something about uh, uh, Maya? You're talking about uh, Nicole Hannah Jones. I didn't have enough sense to go. She was so one. She is so great. I haven't read the 1619 stuff. I get there eventually. (laughs) I look at things, Dennis. I don't really read stuff. You know what I'm saying? That's not. I'm a journalist like Ben. You read stuff. See, I will listen to the show because I don't read the freaking news. I listen to Dennis. That is not true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Dennis reads me the news every day. Wow. I'm telling you. I look forward (laughs) to it. Damn, missed that article. Let me look at that. And and, and, and so uh, Nicole Nicole Hannah Jones is great, Mm -hmm. and the 1619 Project is great, and it's so sad after about what 150 years after slavery. We're still talking about Negroes, and and now this thing we're going to. I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm on Facebook every day, people. I'm addicted to the damn thing, and it, we, this Ados thing is part going leaping from 
Nicole Hannah-Jones, 1619, the Ados. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of black folks who like to say that we are the, are the American descendants of slavery, mm-hmm. Ados. There is a lot of black folks who don't like the Ados, but guess what? There's a lot of black folks who didn't like when we switched from black to African-American. There's some older people liked it when we were Negroes. There was probably some older folks that liked it when we was colored. So we, and I'm saying we have a lot of issues. That's one reason why we have so many issues. And I, I wrote a book about black folks having issues. Yes, you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we have so many, it's, you know, leave me babbling, it's just book. a book. And, and, and because we have so many issues because we're crazy people. Now we're arguing, are we Adols or are we African-American? No, somebody wrote an article and I saw it on Facebook today. Somebody posted it about, no, I don't even like African-American. I want to go back to black. Crazy. We're, I mean, I, those are all good discussions and arguments, but we are crazy people. All right. By the Starting way, so do, you, do you have a, well, <laughs> it's a podcast? You're allowed to. to. Say the A word. You, you're, rip, you're allowed buddy. to. You, <laughs> no. You've heard Monroe Anderson. But on Maya this show. didn't curse. I was waiting for Maya to drop. She didn't drop anything. She's no. very proud. I was like, wow. No yeah. potty mouth. I was yeah. like, wow. Was, I was looking forward to it. Uh, but she went off. We're going to talk about Smollett Gate in a little bit with you. Oh, my God. Uh, she went Smollett off on Gate. Smollett Gate. What's your uh, position? I don't, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. Probably haven't. I forgot. So I'm going to ask you again. Just pretend like I haven't asked you before. Don't be like one of those guests who go, well, Ben, you asked me that the last time I was on the show. Uh, so what is your position on British uh, actors playing uh, American roles? Going back the, to Eidos. Yes. Going back exactly to Eidos. We're going back to Eidos. Okay, I, yeah. I don't. I mean, there was a. What's couple, the gentleman's name in Get Out? The, the 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 I always forget his name. Keena Collins. What's I, his I name? I'm getting old. Yeah, I don't know. Cool. Cool. Yeah, Daniel Kaluuya. Cool. Get Out. Okay. Yeah, he's a British guy. I don't really have no problem with it. The people who cry about that. Make your own damn movies, okay? I mean, it's like Tyler Perry has a whole studio. He's making his own movies. Yes, he gets criticized, but you make your own damn movies. You don't make the movies. It's like, you heard an old joke. I'm telling the joke wrong, but it's like when uh, uh, Tarzan was beating up the lion, right? Mm-hmm. And Tarzan beat up the lion. Yeah. And the lion said, when I make my movie, things will be different. <laughs> Right? I've never heard that joke. You've heard that before, right? <laughs> See, there you go. See, the you heard that joke before, right? I'm sorry, I wasn't. Oh yeah, I know you were. Oh, yeah, no. I'm busy. But it's probably the same thing with Indians. You know, cowboy beat up the Indians. Yeah, I heard the that Indians. one. The yeah, same yeah. thing. And Indians say, "When we make I our movie, things go, things gonna be different." <laughs> so you make your own damn movie. Don't worry about Hollywood. Make yeah. your own damn movie. All right, fair enough. Although I'm a little upset that they couldn't find a, a black actor from Chicago to play the role of Fred Hampton. That's all I'm saying. I throw that out there. That's the one I <sighs> no, say. I they think got the guy from Get Out to play. But that's partly our fault as a people. One of my uh, pet peeves is that as a people, we've only been free since 1970. You know that, right? (laughs) And so. What uh, year? I say 70. You know when when we have affirmative action, Dr. King is killed in 68. So things got a little bit better. So we've only been free. Because folks folks that are a lot older than me remember how it used to be. Let me yeah. tell you something. Oh, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. Let me tell you how bad it was. No, yeah. I ain't gonna, no, no. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that story next time. But the, uh, what was my thought about the uh, coming together? We ha- we need a pipeline of black teachers. People are like, you know, they got rid of all the black teachers. Well, where's the pipeline for black teachers? We need black doctors. Where's the pipeline? We need black actors. Where's the pipeline? So since we've been free, we haven't developed a pipeline. The pipeline for having a whole bunch of black teachers, black doctors, streets and sand, whatever. We ain't got no jobs. The Mexicans taking the, the yeah. There you go. The Mexicans taking all the jobs. Mexicans taking all the jobs. You know, we're not building that. We they taking our jobs. No, we're not building that pipeline. All right, I will say this uh, about what you just said. Yes, you have to do a better job of. Uh, producing uh, actors from Chicago public schools, et cetera, That's your right. greater point. That's but right. that said, there are a lot of black actors in the city of Chicago, okay? Don't act like there's no black, the pipeline. There I don't no- know who they are. 
I mean, well, you're not a no, casting no, but, director. But, but that's, what I'm, that's what I'm trying to get. That is casting directors. I see some. I'm I know, just saying you could have found a guy from Chicago to play the role of Fred Hampton, this iconic Chicago leader. Then, then who, we have to make the, our own Fred Hampton movie. It's sad though. It has to be that way. In, in two thousand, what did it know? Was it two thousand twenty now? I lost we still, track. You know, we <laughs> we have to make our own movies because yeah. Hollywood ain't, ain't making our movies the way you know. You're right, but we need the pipeline. We don't have to. All pipeline. right, fair enough. We'll, we'll, we'll let it go there. Passing the torch, you're right, young yeah, that's lady. That's what she's because she's running she against for Congress. Danny Kenyatta Davis. She's yeah, running you know, she go. You know, we. Go, <laughs> I don't say that. I go. We don't, talk later. Don't say. <laughs> I say it off the air. Uh, <laughs> it. All right. So uh, Smollett Gate. I know you have thoughts on it. We've been talking about it all day. The I don't have no thoughts outraged. You're outraged, I tell you. Juicy Smollett. <laughs> Juicy Smollett. Uh, Dave Chappelle. One won the Grammy. Did not even show up. He probably but, thought he was going to win, right? It, it was his third year in a row yeah. he's won, I think it is. He did yeah. not show up. Uh, the thing about it is that it's sad. See, Fred Hampton and Mark Clark, not far from these studios here. That's correct. You can walk to this spot. Yes, you can. And uh, I was, what, 70, so I was eight years old, I think. Eight years old in 1970 when Mark Clark and Fred Hampton were murdered. Uh, actually, it was December 4th, 1969. It wasn't 70? It was 1960. Well, I know you would be right, Ben. <laughs> you don't go against Ben, do you? No. Dennis? Uh, well, certainly. He's things. a freak. <laughs> Super freak. Super uh, freak. Uh, but anyway, he's a dork. Super dork. I just remembered 1960. Okay, so that means whatever. I was seven years old, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you were a young man. Yeah. But you heard about the Black Panthers and they were, and, and you know, and I, I, when I used to work on the West Side and I never took the opportunity to go to the spots, of course the house is gone, there's something else there. No, I think the house is still no, there. No, it's somebody, it's another house. It, the original, right. the original house right. is you're torn right. down, which is, say, just like I hear Dr. King, the house Dr. King used to live in on 16th Street was torn down. Yeah. Some people think I it's still one. there. Nope. But the point is, those, those are iconic places that still should be here, but they're gone. But a lot, when I tell that story to younger people, they like, Fred who? Mark who? It's really, really sad. And Ed Hanrahan, now you're the historian, was the state's attorney at the time. He was part of the assassination and this city, well, I don't know what the vote totals were, they kicked him out. Yes, they did. That was a real reason to get rid of a state's attorney because the state's attorney was part of a political assassination. Now, I'm sorry getting emotional here, but, but the point is that Jesse Smollett, come on, I mean, Juicy Smollett, Juicy Smollett, come on. That, whatever you think about Kim Fox, she didn't explain it right. You know what she meant, took a phone call, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's not a reason to get rid of her. Maya did it, I'll put it best. When I, we talk about uh, Juicy Smollett Juicy. and what went down, uh, I'm just stealing your line. Uh, when we talk about what went down, the, the worst thing is Dave's line. I know we're still all stolen from Dave Chappelle. Uh, when the great French actor, Juicy Smollett, you know, uh, but, but the reality is it was the phone call. And that was the worst part about it, in my humble opinion. And I pointed that out to Maya, and she came right back at me. And she said, oh, then she's like every other politician in the city of Chicago taking a phone call. And that's how it happens. And just not Chicago, but every other politician But it's in not the world. enough to, to lose a job. Come on, give me a break. No, I, I, she won't lose her job. I've said this on the air many times. She will not lose her job. But that young man whose daddy started a Carlisle Group, or he's co-founded a Carlisle yeah. Group, he sure got a lot of money. He's got money. but And I, money helps. Money does help. Money helps. Oh, we'll talk about... Uh, uh, Carlisle Group. Car- uh, Mike Bloomberg. Right. That's something I'm going to ask you about. Uh, but uh, uh, money does help, but also uh, black people in Cook County and Chicago still have the right to vote. And uh, they're a significant number of the electorate. And this issue is not, uh, does not have any roots in the black community at all. Don't and care. 
They don't right, exactly don't so, give a damn. Yet you're not going to win the Democratic primary without black votes. You agree with me? On the that young point? man. I mean, he could win, but the young man. What's his name? Who's running? Conway. Conway. Or his he, remind, he doesn't remind me of a. He doesn't remind me of like a Mayor Pete. When you see the young man, you like privilege, privilege, privilege. So that's a that's a total turnoff, right? <laughs> and if you got privilege and you, hey, I have privilege. I understand. I feel your pain. Yeah, okay, we give you a play. But he exudes privilege. Look, if the if the young man with privilege yeah. had uh, had shown up on the scene back 10 years or so ago and ran against the incumbent state's attorney on the issue of the uh, uh, dropping the case uh, on Daly's nephew who murdered a guy with a punch. Man, you love that case. Well, because it was a murder. Does Somebody re- died. Somebody died. Yeah. You know, that's unlike just Juicy using, Smollett. Yeah, unlike Juicy no, Smollett. Nobody died. And not only that, but you really want to expose the interconnection between politics and criminal justice, what more example do you need? Took the Sun-Times 10 years of investigation and writing before anything happened on that, uh, Mark Sim. So if that young man had showed up back then with daddy's money to run a campaign against, I don't even know who the state's attorney was, is Anita Alvarez? Alvarez, right? No, No. it was, I think it might've been, um, I'm looking at Keena Collins. Who was the state? Yeah, the yeah. State's it may have been Anita Alvarez. The point is, yeah. if he showed up then, yeah. I'd have welcomed it. Now he's showing up over Juicy Smollett Gate. I'm sorry, it doesn't resonate for me. I know I realize the Chicago Tribune will probably kick me out of their building if I show up. <laughs> They're so outraged over this story. And like Maya said, and that's the kind of stuff uh, Nicole Hannah Jones talked about. I know it's two twenty, two twenty, whatever that twenty twenty, whatever it is now, and we still have these racial issues and. I was watching uh, Nicole, Nicole Hannah-Jones last night on Channel 11 Chicago Tonight, and uh, the lady, what's her name, Brannis Freeman? She was the host of Interviewer, who is, by the way, little, she's married to a white guy, which is cool, but, and Brannis and uh, Nicole Hannah-Jones, I think her mother is white. Mm-hmm. But so you see this dynamic. Wait, how do you know all this? No, no, I read a little bit. <laughs> But the point is that selective reading. Yeah, so very selective, very selective. I look at pictures a lot. Yeah, we love these pictures. Okay. So the thing about it, so it's a dynamic. She said, "Well, she basically said, uh, Brandish Freeman, Chicago tonight. Will these race relations ever get any better? Are you hopeful?" Uh-huh. And Nicole Hannah Jones said, "No, I'm not hopeful. Wow. Because although her mother's white and Brandish Freeman's husband is is white." I mean, now Brandish Freeman's like, "Damn, it's like a little punch she took." Because you say, "Any ever gonna get better?" And you, and most people say, not in our lifetime. Aren't you hopeful? Hell no. It's not going to happen because I live in Chicago all my life. Yeah, it's, it's a lot better. It's a lot better than what it was. But well, then you, you should be hopeful. If You, you just got to no, finish saying it's better no, than what it was. No, but you're talking about another 200 years or Before something. it gets to be where it should be. Yeah, at least. And it's going to have to take a lot of demographic shifts. And that's what's so important about Bernie. I'm shocked Bernie has a shot of winning his nomination. Don't hate on Bernie. And I, and I hate no Bernie, but I'm saying I'm shocked he's, he's back. The heart attack actually helped him, really. The thing about it is that if whether Bernie wins, Elizabeth wins, the rest of them know. But the point is that we have to move in a more progressive manner in this country. This Reagan thing since 1980, that was the first time I voted and in 1980. Mm-hmm. First time I voted Did for Jimmy. Did you vote for Ronald W. Reagan? Hell no, I voted for Jimmy Carter. And so the point is that we've been doing this Reaganomics and all this craziness yes, right. for, what is it, 40 years? I, you know, you know, you're down there 40, you understand, mm-hmm. right? So, it's, so it's, it's coming to an end, and hopefully it won't be a lot of strife as it unfolds, right? A lot of drama. Are you, uh, so are you ready to make an endorsement on this show, who you're going to support? No, I vote for anybody. Well, Whoever gotta, the Democratic, but oh, you no, have if the election went the other day, it'd be Andrew uh, Yang, I told you that. Oh, right, you're an Andrew. But if my one vote really mattered, yeah. 
it would be tough because I would I probably vote for Bernie. I'd be Elizabeth first, then Bernie, but I probably vote for Bernie because he right now he has the momentum. Although when you have the momentum like Bernie has, it's like whack a mole. They just whack whoever gets the lead. You know, Biden had to lead whack, you know, and Warren had to lead whack. Now Bernie's getting beat to, they beating the crap out of Bernie, right? So we'll see what these first not even the first three. <laughs> waiting to, it's like whack-a-mole. Yeah. And so waiting to um, Nevada, because these first three are really not going to matter. Nevada and Super Tuesday. Then we're going to see what's happening. Well, Iowa really matter for Barack Obama, as you no, know. No, this ain't, this ain't Barack Obama. Yeah. This is something different. Yeah. The thing about it is that um, we may have like three people go to that convention in Milwaukee fighting. You may have a Biden and a Bernie Maybe Elizabeth may hang around, and it, it may go to the convention. It may get nasty. Yeah, no, you're right. It could be a broker convention, yeah. and we're gonna we're really gonna be all over that one. And I know uh, we'll be talking about that way. It could be a broker convention, no question. And about Mark it. Sims, before you go, uh, we need a bagel endorsement. What's your favorite bagel flavor? I'm bringing. Well, I don't, I don't have a favorite, but right now I'm one. feeling the I'm feeling the uh, cinnamon. I'm gonna bring you some cinnamon next time. Oh, cinnamon, raisin, raisin. cinnamon, yeah. But like, we need cinnamon. a toaster because I can't eat them dry. No, I gotta toast that we, bad boy. Okay, there's a bagel store. I, I'm not allowed to say the name of the bagel store. Right Right down the street from where we are, and they will toast them for you. Okay? Oh yeah, and then I'm gonna like, buy a toaster, put yeah. it right here, and toast it down. Now, hey, what's your line. position on? Uh, I mean, like you got you got to buy the bagel from them. You just can't bring the bagel <laughs> no, from the I'm store. Bring my own bagel and be my own toaster. We gonna do it right here, live. Yeah. We gonna do it live. Uh, wait a minute, I gotta ask you about the Grammys before you leave the building. I don't watch the it's Grammys. So rigged. It's crap. You know that's why <laughs> Dick Clark started the uh, American Music Awards. Because the Grammys were crap back in the back I in the day. I did not know that. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that's why he started. I didn't even because know he started it. Dick Clark was the man back I in the day. I did not know that. You I never watched Ten Thousand Dollar Pyramid? Come on, man. Uh, no, I know who Dick Clark is. <laughs> I didn't know he started the American. Yeah, but Music the thing, Award. but you remember back in the day, the Beatles didn't win. A lot of folks didn't win back in the day. Yeah. It all depends who's voting. And now it's a lot of older people voting. You know, no, it's, it's so rigged. And I, I, I was part of. Uh, I, I could have voted for the Grammys on One Love. It's a long story, but I saw how it worked. I went to a Grammy meeting back in the day, and uh, you had to vote. That's the bottom line. You had to be one of the people that can't. Wait, time out. Did you, were you in the industry back then? It's a, I mean, it's it's some a long shit story. I don't, uh, did I curse? Oh, oh. <laughs> Jesus. There's no, hey, it's a podcast. <laughs> I mean, There's no, a podcast. I was thinking about the days I was in a rock band. We'll tell you that story next time. Were you a singer on. in a rock no, band? No, I want to sing. I'll talk about it next time. You're a guitar but, player. We'll talk about it next time. But the point about when the band burst into flame 29 years ago, almost 30 years ago, I lost my love of music. That's why I don't give a damn about the Grammys. Mm, and you get old, too. Uh, we could have been like the fine young cannibals. The fine young yeah. cannibals. Oh, yeah, that's a British group. That's correct. Thank you, uh, Robert Mueller. Uh, anyway, I'm the, the Grammys kind of got buried in my mind because I was so overwhelmed uh, by... Uh, uh, Kobe Bryant and uh, his daughter's death and the, the, the helicopter crash, et cetera. But uh, uh, the Grammys really was on my mind. It was fixed. It's rigged. <laughs> the whole thing is rigged. Why do I even watch it? Uh, anyway, so you're not going to make an endorsement before we uh, take a break, bring Keenan Collins on? You're not going to make right an endorsement? Right now, Andrew Lang, I told you that. All right, Andrew, yes, you did Yang. tell me. Andrew, Yang. I, I, by the way. Something of Jim Lang, he uh, did the uh, dating game. Uh, See, Jim Andrew Gang? Yang, br okay. yes, uh, that was Lang. 10,000 on a pyramid? Uh, okay. Andrew Yang brings a lot to the table, I will say that. He's number three in my... You used to watch a dating game, didn't you? Yeah. That's Are right. you kidding? <laughs> Ooh, millennials. Hang tight. Yeah, millennials. Hang tight. You know what I'm talking about, the old dating no, game. No, she doesn't game. know. The original. She's a, I know a she's a millennial. Stuff. I think Brad Pitt okay. was on a dating game back in the day or something. No. But some stars. like I mean, Tom Selleck then. Tom Selleck. Uh, I'll All take right. your word All on right. that one. Mark Sims, Frank. everybody. Our first guest that say, uh, said he may take his pants off. <laughs> We have a lady in the house. I can't do it now. For he you, I that. would take my pants off. All Not right. for the young lady. We got Keena Collins. We're going to bring her on. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. 
arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Senator Booker, how you doing? No hugs for, 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 <laughs> for, for, for the mayor, for Rahm Emanuel. No hugs for Rahm. Nothing. <laughs> Matt Dowd, no love either. It's okay, I, I Matt. Should have gotten a hug. That was an oversight. Yeah. Take a handshake. Senator Booker, I, I'm okay I without a hug. You got a hug? Yeah, that's fine by me. You know that mayor was solidarity. <laughs> you were the one said it, so that's fine. Oh, okay. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Commercial break's over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Keena Collins is in the studio. Keena Collins, K-I-N-A Collins. She's running for Congress in the 7th Congressional against an incumbent named Danny K. Davis. You may have heard that name. Uh, she's a bright young voice in the Democratic Party. And uh, I like to uh, listen to what the bright young voices have to say. Anthony Clark will be here next week. Another bright young voice in the Democratic Party showing no favorites uh, in the 7th <laughs> Congressional. Keena knows that. Before we bring Keena on, D, you got an update? Uh, absolutely here. First off, uh, we would like to thank our good friend Pat Rod. Pat Rod today showed us a... <laughs> Dude, we're flattered. This is awesome. That's awesome, man. He, he got a Ben Jarofsky Show t-shirt made, everybody. It's that logo. Well, if you're watching on the live stream, you can see the logo there on the wall. It's that logo on a t-shirt. Dude, where do we get one? We don't even know how to get our own t-shirts. How did you get a t-shirt? No, definitely. We want some of those t-shirts. Oh, man. It's uh, such a cool shirt. Thank is. you so much, Pat Rod. Tell your friends. Wear it every day, all right? Wash it every now and again, but wear it every <laughs> single day, dude. And tell your friends. About the program, we're going to try and get Ben Jarofsky Show t-shirts. Pat Rod, you've inspired us, and we can't thank you enough. We think you're awesome. All right, now let's talk about that damn dirty corruption in Illinois, huh? We have an update here. Uh, former Illinois Senator Martin Sandoval pled guilty today to accepting $250,000 in bribes to block red light camera legislation and filing a false tax return. He, he faces 10 to 13 years in prison, but could get less as he is cooperating operating within the feds. Let's see here. This is U.S. Attorney John Lausch. A quote from him, quote, he agreed to testify on any matter that we ask him to testify about. And we also have uh, Dave McKinney, our good friend Dave McKinney. We got to get Dave McKinney back on the program, Ben. He weighed in here on Twitter, and he's, he's got a quote here from Sandoval. Sandoval said, quote, earlier today, I pleaded guilty to crimes I committed as a state senator. I take full responsibility for my actions. I'm ashamed. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to the people of Illinois, to my constituents. I intend to fully cooperate with the government. Mm, yeah, fully cooperate with the government. Uh, so I guess that means he's going to testify. What a, what a scam. The whole red light camera scam. Uh, Keena Collins, get your thoughts on this one. It, it, this just undermines uh, the integrity of any claim uh, that elected officials make when it comes to fines or fees or regulating uh, the, the, the roadways. This I saw a letter to the editor of the Chicago Sun-Times in this very subject. Follow me in this one. Mm -hmm. So th they said they put the red light cameras out there mm -hmm. to regulate traffic flow and to uh, prevent tra traffic accidents. And then it turns out that the whole thing is undermined by inside wheeling and dealing, putting up cameras in spots where they don't necessarily have to go payoffs between uh, the, the, the town and the company and really you realize that it's not so much about regulating the flow of traffic and protecting the lives of 
pedestrians and motorists so much as bringing in do re mi for the um, uh, the local municipalities uh, with the most regressive form of tax, a fine and a fee that applies to everybody the same way. Yeah, um, so that's why any elected official or candidate should be against regressive taxes, right? We should be for the progressive tax and the fair tax will be on the ballot um, in this upcoming primary and that's why it's important for people to pay attention to that. Um, but most namely in the district that I'm running in, Illinois 7th Congressional District, it's a broad swath of the west sides and south sides of the city of Chicago and there was also an explosive investigative uh, journalistic uh, piece that came out about how black and brown folks are specifically targeted for ticketing and fines and, and through the red lights. Um, I work closely with Mark Wallace and from WVON and Mark Wallace did a whole thing where he was gathering people to do, to do a class action lawsuit and I think you know that's a way to push back but that's why everybody should be against regressive taxes because it's not benefiting us especially not the working class here in the city of Chicago. All right uh, so you introduced uh, your campaign why don't you tell folks who you are and where you're running, where the 7th Congressional District is. Yeah, um, so my name is Kena Collins. I'm a native of the Austin community on the west side of Chicago. I'm born and raised in Austin. I've been telling people on the campaign trail when we win in 2020, I'm going to stay in Austin because I think those who are closest to the pain should be closest to the power. And um, really, my campaign is about pushing forth the equity and working class agenda. I come from a pro-union household. As you know, um, I'm a CPS alumni K-12, through and um, I'm really the only candidate who's coming from this marginalized community and this marginalized background, and it's resonating with voters. Um, our district is a microcosm of America. It represents the wealthiest of the wealthy and the poorest of the poor, and it's not just in the state of Illinois, but across the country. And so um, this run is about a return of representative democracy. We need to hold the Democratic Party accountable for elevating new leadership, and it starts um, in these local primaries. All right, full disclosure, I have to say this whenever <laughs> Kena comes on. She went to high school with my my oldest daughter. Hey, Hannah. And uh, <laughs> what, what Maya says is true. I have a lot of loyalties uh, based on old relationships. <laughs> but correct. Anthony Clark will be on the show next week. We'll talk about that as well. All right, Kina, uh, would, I mentioned this. You haven't mentioned this yet. The incumbent congressman from the 7th Congressional is Danny K. Davis. He's mm -hmm. a legend in Chicago politics. He first was elected alderman in 1979. That's uh, He's been around. I wasn't even thought of. Yeah, you, <laughs> I was around and I was old. As all. my elders would say. <laughs> so are you being disrespectful to your elders, think of it that way, by running against Danny K. Davis? Go. Danny Davis did exactly what I did 30 years ago. He challenged an incumbent, a entrenched incumbent, George Collins, who sat in the seat. And then he challenged George Collins's wife, who got the appointment, Cardis Collins, and became the first African-American woman to hold the seat in the district. And it's because he believed that it was time for change. And he wanted to be the one to implement and streamline that change. And it happened for Illinois 7. And it was a, a good deal. But in the last 10 years, we've seen a stagnancy in the district. And like I said, I think that when elected officials get in these seats, they can become complacent and they forget the realities of the folks who are living paycheck to paycheck in a district that's 85% Democrat, overwhelmingly working class and 70% people of color. We need a working class champion. Now, uh, are there, how would you distinguish yourself 
from Danny Davis on particular issues? Yeah, so the biggest difference between me and Congressman Davis is that I'm not taking any corporate PAC money. So the impetus for my run was me organizing around a single-payer Medicare for All system, 20,000 doctors and medical students across the country. And when we did the power rankings at the, the job that I was at, we found that Congressman Davis has taken hundreds of thousands of dollars of pharmaceutical and private insurance money. This is particularly unique to Illinois 7 because we hold the largest life expectancy gap in the country. So if you live in Streeterville, the downtown area, you live to the average age of 90. If you travel a nine mile radius to the south side in Inglewood, which is also in the district, that life expectancy drops to 60. So it's a 30 year gap just based off of the zip code that you live in. Um, and I know we do a lot of talk about progressives in the Democratic Party, but for me, are we a part of the same political tribe if you're taking corporate PAC money? I think that we need to start electing people who will be holding to the voters and the constituents. Do and you, that's our campaign. Do you think that my generation, and it is a generational, Danny Dave is a little older than me, but we're essentially the same generation. Do you think my generation has dropped the ball uh, on issues like national health care that mm -hmm. we've uh, basically sold out uh, the people to uh, corporate interests? I wouldn't say that because there's a lot of people in the fight who are a part of your generation and have been fighting for this for a really long time. Dr. Quentin Young, who was the activist and physician who started PNHP, where I got my school of political thought on single payer, he was not in my generation, right? So folks have been there, they've been doing this. It's just that I don't think that the, the Democratic Party is going into the direction that the party is, and that's working class. Democrats like Congressman Davis and Nancy Pelosi, et cetera, great that you've done the work, but they believe that the swing voter in the Democratic Party is Republican to Democrat. It's not. It's the non-voter to the voter. And those are the people who we need to be breaking through so that we don't have to water down our progressive ideals to get this, this these agendas passed. Well, let's talk about that. Uh, there is a great debate going on in the Democratic Party right now, uh, particularly uh, I I just read an article on this today, but it's an, we've talked about it on the show so many times. Bernie Sanders has moved ahead uh, in Iowa in the polls, in New Hampshire in the polls. He's neck and neck with Joe Biden uh, in the national polls. You're starting to see the more mainstream elements of the mm -hmm. Democratic Party, the Hillary Clinton faction, if you will, turning on Bernie <laughs> and saying, among other things, there's a, a long list of things they say about him, but the top of the list, he's too liberal, radical, lefty, whatever for America. He can never get elected. I, what is your response to that? I think that um, what's radical is that 45 million Americans are crushed in student loan debt. And Bernie is talking about eliminating student loan debt. What I think is radical is that, um, you know, we, we have led a lead problem um, in water across the country. What I think is radical is that people can't pay for their prescription drugs, their rent and their food every month. And so um, his ideas are a lot more mainstream than folks want to admit to. And what we have to understand is that we can't always go by the polls. And we learned that in 2016 and we learned that in 2018 when a ton of incumbents lost their seats to all these insurgents who had come out. Here's the reality. You have the political apparatus in the bubble, and then you have everyday people in the streets and on the ground who who turn out to vote. And they're not in that political bubble of talking points. They want to know who's going to keep food on their table and who's going to keep the lights on. And I know that because I wrote my p first piece of civil rights legislation in 2017. Uh, Bruce Rauner was still the governor. And we had transgender protection in there and the expansion of reproductive health care. And the Republicans and the Illinois GOP told me this ne will never get passed. And then 
the people lobbied and we won and we got it passed into law. And so when we're on the doors in Illinois 7th Congressional District and we're talking to people, um, they they need relief. You know, they want relief to what's happening. Um, People are really living paycheck to paycheck and they want to know who's coming in to to be on their side of the fight. Do you get the response from older voters uh, that say you're asking for too much? You'll never get this. This that's such a Chicago mentality, because Keenan, when I look at the representatives in Chicago, the the Congress, men and women, Mm -hmm. none of them are in the front lines of real progressive issues. Mm -hmm. None of them are like AOC Mm -hmm. and none of them are like Bernie. Uh, or Elizabeth Warren, for that matter. None of them are on the front lines pushing for like a national health care, even if it means going against the grain and upsetting the party leaders and the, the major donors. None of them are there. Um, so do you is it a particular Chicago mentality that says you're pushing too hard, you're going too far, you got to settle for what you can get. If you push too hard, you'll alienate people. Are you encountering that when you go out and talk to voters? I'm hearing that from elected officials, but not from the people. And our district, the Illinois 7th Congressional District, is the deepest, darkest, bluest district in all of Illinois. It's a D plus 38, which means we vote 38 points above the Republicans. (laughs) We're the fifth most Democratic district in the country. So what we're hearing from our base and from people on the ground is there will be no political backlash for us being bold and audacious and serving as the national model on how to push forth progressive agendas. And by the way, you shouldn't be taking corporate money because you don't have to. This is a safe democratic seat. So why are we doing the same or protecting the status quo um, becomes the question. So what we see is just uh, people want to elevate new leadership and they and they, they want the torch to be passed. All right, let me give you a very concrete local example of the difference between AOC and Chicago's Congress people, mm-hmm. and then tell me how you would stand on this. It has to do with uh, an issue that I was passionate about. Uh, that was the Amazon deal where mm-hmm. Mayor Rahm and Governor Rauner uh, were offering over $2 billion. We don't know how much because they kept it a secret to uh, uh, Amazon to come here to the city of Chicago, located second headquarters. New York City was also ponying up billions of dollars to offer them to build the Blasio. Two Democrats and Andrew Cuomo. Uh, when, when Amazon chose New York, AOC said, we don't want them if we're going to have to spend them. She, I, could, I almost fell out of my chair. An elected official, I should have said it. One thing led to another, and the deal fell apart, and Amazon pulled out. Nobody in Chicago, hmm. no elected official in Chicago that I can think of, and correct me if I'm wrong, if there was one even itsy-bitsy alderman who said it, stood up and said, but AOC, we don't want you here if it's going to cost us over two billion dollars. Would you have had the guts to do what AOC uh, did, Kina, and stand up to a handout like that for uh, Amazon? Um, absolutely. I support universal community benefits agreements, right? And and this is something that we have a big problem in in my district because it's broad swaths of the west sides and south sides. So. Illinois 7, like I said, with all this diversity, we're the tech hub. Facebook has set up shop in our district. Google has set up shop in our district. Microsoft has set up shop in our district. And yet when we look at the low income census tracts of opportunity zones on, I don't know, Madison Boulevard, we're not seeing an investment in real estate and small businesses for the people who can benefit from them. So, you know, because I live in the Austin community and I'm seeing the displacement happen and I'm also seeing the lack of employment, um, that's going to be one of the top priorities once I get elected. 
All right, very good. Keeney Collins is my guest. Uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask her about whether uh, the young progressives are dividing up their vote uh, <laughs> with Keena Collins and Anthony Clark. We'll be right back with Keena Collins. Did you know that 40% of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true. And Chicagoland Cremation Options honors their wishes by providing cremation services directly to the general public. Chicagoland Cremation Options provides an affordable, ethical, and easy cremation arrangement, whether in person or online. Save thousands and streamline the process by going directly to Chicagoland Cremation Options. It's a family-owned business operated by my good friend, Douglas Klein. Here's how you reach them. Chicagoland Cremation Options.com. One more time. Chicago Land Cremation Options.com. When this whole thing started, did you have any idea this strike was going to drag on this long? I'm not surprised by the length of the strike. Not at all? No. And why aren't you surprised? There's a lot of work that we could have done sooner. But um, we didn't start to do really until after the strike was over. But what I'm hopeful for today is it's been a long um, journey. Um, unfortunately, I think there's a lot of um, harm that's been done to our young people. But my hope is that um, when the House of Delegates reconvenes today, um, that there will be a robust presentation of the um, tentative agreement that's on the table and that they will vote on it up or down. And my, obviously, I'm hopeful and uh, prayerful that th this will be approved. But we'll, whatever the whatever the result is, we'll deal with it at that time. But I'm looking forward to um, hearing the results of the House of Delegates vote today. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, Mr. Jarofsky. Take us home. I love when you play the music at the end of the show. Love when you play the music at the end of the show. Love that part of the show. Love that music. Yeah, you know, but it also means at the end of the show. Hey, you like that music I'm playing? Yeah, the show? love it when you play the music at the end of the show. Uh, but Keena Collins is still in the studio, so it's not done yet. And I've asked Mark Sims to come in and uh, ask a few Mark Sims questions. No, no, no. You had a question first. I had a question yeah, first. No, no. You could do it. What's that? Anthony Davis yeah. and this not young Anthony lady. Davis. Anthony name? Davis, a basketball player oh. for uh, the Los Angeles. You know, man. I'm I got 60 in three years. My mind. Uh, anyway, you're still a young man, as the song says. D, you got an update for me? Uh, first off, we just want to remind everybody to follow us. Uh, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on both Facebook and Twitter. The Ben Jarofsky Show on Instagram. Ben, how's that Instagram account? Booming. Going? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I'd like my uh, Instagram, as everybody knows, is owned by Facebook. I got an email from Mark Zuckerberg the other day oh, saying, what say? too much action. You're like, oh my God, our computers are breaking <laughs> oh, Zuckerberg down. Zuckerberg talks like that, huh? <laughs> Whoa. Oh my God, Ben. It's in the valley. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I got to work on that Instagram account. At Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show, the Ben Jaromsky Show, J-O-R-A-V as in Victory, S-K-Y, is where you can find us on uh, Instagram. The Benny J Show at gmail.com. If you ever want to send us an email, we don't give out the email address enough. Does Benny... anybody read the emails? Me! Oh, okay. I gave away a Come state on, secret. dude. B E N N Y, the letter J show at gmail.com. Question, complaint. I'm sure you got a million with this host we get. <laughs> Question, complaint, concern, whatever's on your mind. Weigh in. Benny J show at gmail.com. Ben, do you want to get to know uh, Cook County State's attorney candidate, Bill the Bro Conway? Yeah, sure. Me too. <laughs> 
We uh, we were playing this earlier. Uh, the Chicago Tribune had their editorial board meeting with our Cook County State's Attorney candidates. Boy, did they like talking about this Jesse Smollett thing. This went on for about 25 minutes. Uh, about 45 minutes in, we got to other topics, all right? Uh, and for instance, Bill Conway, who I've called a bro several times on this uh, program. Well, he got to weigh in. He told us a little bit about him, his campaign, where he comes from. Let's get to know the bro, shall we? Shout out to Chicago Tribune for the audio. Bonds out the next day for $1,000. That's not right. And therefore, you're going to have a lot. Of, you, have to be able to be, you need to be able to get after this on the demand side and the supply side because you're not going to have people cooperating if they're able to bond out of jail the next day. I was going to ask you a question, although not about the feds. Great. My question is, uh-huh. um, I... I, I uh, I hit up Miss Fox with my mystery of the 18 days. You're a little bit of a mystery to me too. Oh, well, allow me to. Okay, you're you're. It seems that to the to the other snow shovelers on my block, your 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 campaign funding gets as much, if not more, discussion than your candidacy. If you came to our door, if we gave you a minute. Said, yeah, I'm really busy, but why do you want to be state's attorney, and why should why should we vote for you? Well, let me tell you a little bit about about my background first off. So I was in the state's attorney's office from 2006 to 2012, and then I was in the military, uh, deployed to Qatar and Afghanistan after that. And when I think back on my time at the state's attorney's office, uh, I think about how we have to really keep victims front and center. And I had a case very early on in my time involving a a kid had been pushed to the ground and beat up and, and people had taken all his money. And... You know, I remember I, had a, I was working at the, uh, in the courtroom on the west side at Grandin Central, and the mother with the scared little boy comes up to me, and she goes, look, I know you got about 100 cases today, and, you know, you probably uh, you know, do whatever you can. And I said, you know what, part of the reason I do this job, ma'am, is because I was mugged as a kid. It was fine. Everybody it happens to a lot of people. But that's part of the reason I do this job. And I don't know if the judge will care. I don't know if we have a jury, if the jury will Jury will care, but I'll tell you what, I care what happened to your son, mm. and that's why. All right, so there you go. A little bit about uh, Bill Conway there, the candidate there. Mm. Bill Conway, yeah, he didn't talk about the fact that his father is from the Carlisle Group. Oh, they got it. They got into that oh, a little later on. Yeah. Go check that out, Chicago Tribune and Kena. You're gonna get in the hot seat a little bit. We're gonna find out what the be- what your uh, what you think the best bagel flavor okay. is. We're trying to figure oh, this out because no. uh, we had one way in here. Uh, drag one. Well, wait, who was it that weighed? Oh, Daniel weighed in, said he's super late, but the best bagel ever is obviously blueberry bagel with strawberry cream cheese. Mm. Okay. Boy, living the right. rich life there, pal. <laughs> uh, I've had that bagel and that combination before. Uh, before we, I get to the generational question, uh, whether your generation is dividing the vote, got to ask, you heard uh, Conway talking. We've been talking about Spillette Gate. We talk about Kim Fox. What's your general attitude on uh, the piling on of Kim Fox over uh, the Jesse Smollett case? Um, I think <laughs> this is uh, very disappointing. And I think that we better be very smart um, in Cook County about um, who we get ready to vote for. Um, Kim has shown a progressive track record. She has, sh- she has shown that she has gotten recidivism down and um, done right by people. And so if we want somebody whose father is funding their campaign to come in and say that they're this independent progressive, um, we better think twice about what that means. Uh, Some of the stuff that I've heard from him has been a little bit problematic, like tough on crime kind of language, and also just like an over 
exertion of trying to be in the black community to prove that he's down and, you know, he'll be for us. It's like, what were you doing before we needed your vote? What were you doing before we needed your vote? And I don't want to see the pictures and the photo ops of you with little black children now. Um, I want to see what you were doing before. So, um, you know, and that's just full disclosure. I'm supporting Kim Fox. Uh, Everybody else should be supporting Kim Fox. All right. Uh, That is Keena Collins' position uh, on Kim Fox and uh, Bill Conway. Now, let's get your position on this question. Uh, Anthony Clark is also running against you, Oak Park uh, River Forest teacher. Uh, an activist ran last time, has been on the show several times, be on the show next week. Uh, the concern from a lot of people of your generation and of your progressive viewpoint, Kina, is that you and Anthony are going to split up the vote and uh, just lead to Danny K. Davis's uh, victory in the primary. Your response to that? Yeah, um, I think it comes down to who has the best field game. To be honest, the only person who has a 22-year track record in a base is Congressman Davis. So um, I have not seen Anthony as a competition. Um, We've been focused on my campaign, um, focusing on why people should eliminate a 22-year incumbent who sits on the Ways and Means Committee and elect someone else. Here's the difference. I've legislated. I've written policy. I've passed it into law, civil rights legislation, and I did it under a contentious Springfield. This was not the trifecta that we have now. This was Bruce Browner. I took on the Illinois Republicans. I took on a billionaire Republican governor, and I won, and I didn't have to water down my progressive ideals in order to do that. I'll also say that we now are the campaign with the most in-district elected support next to Congressman Davis. So we have had um, about nine elected officials, um, majority of them in district as far east as Inglewood, um, which is a huge portion of the district. Uh, con- uh, Congresswoman, <laughs> City Councilwoman Jeanette Taylor has come out for our campaign, and we've had six elected officials um, in the western suburbs come out for our campaign. It's the most elected who've ever come out against Congressman Davis, and it just proves that we're building the ground game. We're at about 250 active volunteers knocking doors, house parties phone banking, postcard writing, text banking. Um, And we're just going places that haven't been touched in the district in a really long time. And the elected officials in the district and the people are paying attention to our campaign. All right. Mark Sims has a question for you. You know, I love me some Danny K. I love me some Danny K. Davis. He's from (laughs) Arkansas. My dad's from Arkansas. He came. Danny K. Davis is on my old TV show. Love me some. But this young lady is really great. I had to write her name down because if enough people see you they have i mean physically now how are you gonna get the people who who are serious voters because people are like baby i'm gonna vote for you and they don't come out you know what i'm saying oh i'm right with you and they don't show up how you get because remember the voting thing is like a whole month early voting and actual tuesday i don't know who votes on tuesday maybe the old old people like uh, ben yeah wait time out on the actual tuesday yeah itself, who votes on tuesday i've now moved back to the tuesday i'm a, a tuesday voter do. Yeah. yeah we do in yes. our district mo- most so people I say don't that, do how do you money. get those people who say they're going to vote for you look at you dead in the eye mm-hmm. how you gonna get them out to vote physically yeah so i think that what we have done has been able to come into some of the more higher voter turnout areas and garner that support from the gatekeepers to be quite honestly i mean honest about it chicago has a a machine like no other place Mm. people talk about aoc AOC's uh, voter turnout was way lower than Illinois 7. Um, She was the only candidate running against um, her Joe Crowley. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it was it's a different type of uh, 
different elements of that perfect storm. Mm -hmm. um, here in Chicago, you got to get the precinct captains. Mm. You got to get the elected officials on your side. You got to get the block club associations. And that's what we've been able to do. I know we brought up, you know, Anthony. Anthony is from Oak Park River Forest. And people said that that was going to be such a contentious place for me to, to run. That was where we got the most in-district elected support from. Um, they know, you know, my opponents and they've heard Congressman Davis. They've heard Anthony. Clark speak and they chose our campaign as the campaign to throw support behind um, and finally I'll say we don't look like any other candidate he's ever run against I am under 30 I am working class I am black I am a woman and so the perspective that I'm bringing is a perspective that's in fully inclusive and it's really an equity agenda and is resonating with people see I had you write down your name because I've heard you on the show but I can't remember your name Kena Collins, Kena Collins, and of course you don't smoke a lot of weed like Mister. Because <laughs> I, I see his video, because I, I what's his name Clark. I see him on Twitter, wasn't that smoking that weed? But now if you got the Doctor Doobie vote, and somebody like to smoke that weed, then you get Anthony Clark. But I'm, I hope you. I love Danny K. Days, but I I like to see younger people run. A lot of older people we have blocked out. Mm. A lot of the, second, I mean, the succeeding generation, she's a generation way younger than me. And we have done a poor job. Sometimes some of us older politicians and older whoever need to get the hell out the way. And that's no disrespect to Danny yeah, K. Davis. Yeah. Love them. Let me, let me you know, uh, cap that by saying that we did the Chicago Sun-Times endorsement meeting. And, you know, I prefaced my introduction of what I was saying is to say that I don't give short shrift to the work that Congressman Davis has yes. done. This is the first independent in city council, right? Um, I have a great amount of deference and respect, but it, it is also to say that we run the risk of stagnancy and not moving the party forward um, when we just stay stick our heels in the ground and just stay stuck with the, the I mean at what point will he stop does he want to go 30 more years, years 30 years from now there'll be a, there'll be somebody running against Keena Collins no because somebody's Kena not even born yet no 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 Keena won't be sitting in the seat for 30 years that's well, something you, you that's say awesome. that now but what no, you no, get no. is I have publicly come yeah. out from the okay. very beginning of my campaign yeah. and said I would not serve more than five terms okay. and I mean that okay. that is a I will term limit why do you myself say, out of office alright it's interesting why why do you put the five term limit on you why do you put any limit on you well because i think that if you can't get what you need to get done in 10 years mm -hmm. then it's not the electorate it's you so what are you sitting in the seat for 20 years for and we're having the same and sometimes worse conditions um than what we had 20 years ago um so for me it's like that decade is look at how much has happened in the last decade of our country we elected the first black president he left Black Lives Matter started, Women's March, Sunrise Movement reemerged. Like there's so much that has happened that um, you can become the problem of why the change in the progress isn't happening. Keena so, Collins, you're young, but you understand this is a popularity contest. That's mm -hmm. all the, you, you talk issues, you talk issues very well, but I, I most be like, mm, I love Danny. We, <laughs> Danny been down, you know, I've been, I vote for Danny 79. And that's what it comes down to. So I mean, it's like, I, I'm, I'm different. I like voting against people. I love it, because my one vote really doesn't matter, but I love, so how you get people to say, you no, know your what? your vote matters, it's a simple. No, it's, it's a one it, vote. It's but one it's vote. what you have, it's the only thing you have. I know, but I, my, my yeah, vote. Rose Rosanna Rodriguez, she won by 12 votes. Yes, that's correct. That's Dennis's ward. <laughs> She's now yes. a city council. I, I know. So but maybe it does matter when you when it's that close. But what I'm saying, though, is that <laughs> how do you convince people my vote really is going to matter and you are going to win? Yeah. I, once again, I think that what we saw in the municipal elections, even here in the city of Chicago, nobody could have predicted. And you can have whatever ways you want to feel about mm -hmm. Lori Lightfoot. Mm -hmm. No one predicted Nobody. 
Nobody. All of those precincts going to her. I mean, Tony didn't even win Hyde Park. So that was, you know, a shock. But it also is um, an indicator that there is a groundswell. Um, because for me, fresh fa- faces and new names doesn't mean millennial. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it means political outsider. I think it means somebody who is for and by the people. And um, that comes with how you take your money to financial campaigns. That comes with your policy platforms. But it also comes with your ground game. How are you? Who are you getting out to? Ground game and people meeting you. Because yeah. they they're going to fall in love with you. They say, I got to vote for this young lady. Now, Keanu, and that's what we've been getting. Everybody who we've but, met. But they say that to your face. You got to make sure they go and Well, vote. no. We've had, like I said, he has never had city council people or state reps yeah. Or village trustees come out against. I am the only campaign that has been endorsed by district board members. Oh, so you, you, dr- you have drinking a drink, a drink, drank the uh, <laughs> Kena Collins Kool Aid. Yeah, you're still in my lines. Uh, now, Kena, uh, I know you. I think you told me this uh, at the break, and I presume that you're not openly endorsing any presidential campaign. I can't recall any congressperson uh, would endorse a presidential race. You know, because you don't want to alienate, uh, you don't want to alienate anybody from any camp. You want every, all, you want the Bernie people, the Warren people, the Yang people, to all vote for Keena Collins. I understand that, uh, but I will ask you this question. This question has been discussed many times in this show, uh, and that is this: Here we are. We're heading down the uh, to the real the, the runway here uh, on our presidential nominations, mm-hmm. and there are no black candidates on the stage, mm. and. Um, why do you think that is? So here's my stance on it. I don't just want any black candidate on the stage. I want the black candidate that's going to represent our agenda. And I think that people saw even when President Obama was elected that the black agenda wasn't a priority. And we have elevated from that that point. We also have to understand that the demographics and landscape of the electorate has changed. Millennials are now two thirds of the electorate. Now, traditionally young people don't come out to vote, but what we saw in the midterms was, especially here in Illinois, was a spike of young voters coming out to vote. And it's because we're in a politically agitated moment. So really what it has come down to is who can really build the strongest coalition and bring in, once again, let's stay on topic, the, the swing voter in the Democratic Party is the non-voter to the voter. It's not Trump supporters. We have got to stop that. And so the candidates who have been able to galvanize those non-voters into becoming politically active are the ones who are sustaining the momentum. People can say whatever they want about Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang's messaging is consistent. I don't agree with Andrew Yang because of his health care stance. So he's not a candidate that it would it, I would lean towards. But I can say that I respect the fact that Andrew Yang, you know what he's on there. He's on there for UBI. Mm-hmm. He's been extremely consistent across the board about that. He always brings it back to UBI. Mm-hmm. And it makes it easy for people to feel like, okay, this is somebody who we know why he's here. He's also a political outsider, right? So he is somebody who's not a politician. So all of these elements come in, and when we look at the black candidates who stepped forward, they had dings against them and and political baggage and baggage in a way 
that it didn't help them as they progressed on um, to have that coalition come in and defend them. Now, I did do an op-ed in Teen Vogue, and I talked about how Democrats love black women until it's time to elect us, period. We are the strongest voting bloc in the Democratic Party. But what I have experienced and what many black women have experienced when we try to elevate to leadership, the Democratic Party's like, oh, we can't do that. So the funniest quote in that entire op-ed was that Teen Vogue reached out to the DNC and they said, hey, this insurgent candidate is shooting shots at y'all. She's saying that you're not helping black women get elected. What's your response? They said 43 black women ran last time in the midterms. We helped four. (laughs) I was like, what? (laughs) What are you talking about? So when we talk about, and I'll put a button on this, when we talk about out, there are no black candidates on there. The person that really hurt me that dropped out was Julian Castro because he showed what his campaign, shout out to Maya Rupert who was his uh, campaign manager. Julian Castro and Maya Rupert show what happens when the black brown coalition comes together and we start talking about policy platforms and how to be inclusive. He was the first one to bring up transgender rights. He was the first one to say, you know, police shooting is gun violence. He was the candidate, and mark my word, 10, 15 years from now, when we no longer have the caucus in Iowa, it's going to be because Julian Castro said, why are we picking the whitest state in America that's not reflective of the Democratic Party and the direction that the Democratic Party is going in as the caucus state choosing who we would go on the in the DNC? State. Yeah, the leadoff so state, yeah. So I think it, it's a variety of things. I don't want just like you saying it's a woman, it's a person of color, it's a black person. No, give me the person who's going to come in and really fight for us. All right, last question of the show. We'll go to uh, Mr. Sims. You have a question you want to ask? No, she was, Tina uh, was good. See, my thing is always just getting people to, I mean, I just, just, Tina Collins. That's the first thing. And when you talk to people, what is your closing message? Your closing, how do you close the deal? And people are like, I really don't know. How do you close the deal? What do you say to that person saying, I may come out to vote, and if I do, probably vote for Danny Kay. How do you close the deal and say, this is why This is why you should vote for me. This That's is why question. your vote would not be wasted. This is why your vote has power. Yeah. I tell them that for 20 years, we've um, working class families, the interest has been sold off to luxury real estate developers, big banks and for profit healthcare corporations. And for 20 years, our cost of living has risen. Healthcare has become more expensive and our wages have remained the same. We deserve somebody who's going to go in, be a voice, a partner and a vote organize on the front lines of the congressional district and in those congressional chambers. And, and I would tell you, I'm cynical. I would say, you know what? They ain't got nothing to do with me. How's, how, how is Keena Collins being a con- I mean, congressperson going to help me personally? What do I get out of it? Well, what neighborhood do you live in? Yeah, I mean, let's say I live in Austin, okay? Austin, remember, like I said, I predict that half the black folks, if not more than half, will be gone off the west side in about mm-hmm. 10, 15, mm-hmm. 10 years, if not definitely 20, gone. You're going to see a justification in Austin where you live. That is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and so my thing is that, okay, you become congressman, a congressperson. What is it in for me? What do I get out of it? Yeah, I think it's just about elevating those voices. Like I said, I'm committed to staying in the Austin community. Okay, you going you ain't going nowhere. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. I'm staying in my community that I was born and I was raised in, and that is going to inform and influence the decisions of how I move policies, but also how I lead. We don't just need a vote anymore. Okay. We need somebody to come in and lead uh, this coalition. All right, that is Keena Collins talking. That is Mark Sims asking the questions. And uh, Keena, thank you so much for stopping in. Uh, you want to get, what What do you always ask, D? 
Uh, where can we reach you? How do you phrase Where can it? people find or follow you, Kina? There we go. Uh, Kina for Congress <laughs> on is, social media. Is that that's, the number four or F-O-R? Right. That's the number four. And then you could just find me, uh, Kina, the word for Congress on Facebook. How or do you spell Kina? K-I-N-A. <laughs> and uh, you could also go to my website, KinaForCongress.com, um, where all our policy information and everything is at. And I didn't get asked the bagel question. Oh, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> on your job, Dennis. Here we go. No, I was going to interrupt Ben. Ben usually forgets. Um, Asiago and cream cheese. Oh, oh she's an Asiago. Oh. I'm fancy. Okay. <laughs> yes, you are. From, from Austin. Bougie from Austin. Austin. <laughs> Bougie. So according Whoa. to Keena Collins, Asiago <laughs> and, and cream cheese. And That's cream a Rosalind cheese. man speaking there. Pride and joy, Rosalind uh, on the far southeast side. All right. Thank you very much, Keena Collins. Mark Sims, always a blast having you in the studio. Maya here earlier. And of course, the man. The myth. Oh, I hope Anthony Clark handles that bigger question <laughs> as good as you did. The legend. And Kena, as you know, back home in Alton, Illinois, mm. they call this man White Lightning. Yes, Woo! Dr. Doobie, give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. <laughs> See you tomorrow, everybody. Name's Dennis. All right. And you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Downloaders, we live stream this program. It's true. And we have a good time, all right? You should join us sometime. Both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time, and the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. We got to thank our good friend Pat Rod again, dude. Thank you so much for making a shirt of our show. Wear it every day. Wash it a few times and then keep wearing it again. Maybe get a hoodie. We'll see you tomorrow.